I'm Ryan, the other guy's Jordan, and this is Two Angles on Angling. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of Two Angles on Angling. This is Jordan with... Ryan, what's happening? We are coming at you from the side of the Niagara River right now. Um, Watching the water flow by and it's a great place to to talk about all of our amazing topics for today. (laughs) So... I got out quite a bit this last week. We got out one of the days yep. together, which uh, we'll go over. How many days were you out this week, Ryan? Five. Five? All right. The first day was when we went out. Yep, Monday. We went out on Erie. And it was a a slower day, but our main goal was... Uh, to test out these new JDO uh, jig heads that I'm working on. And we caught some fish on them, so so we got some of that accomplished, I will say. Yeah. Uh, and then... We dialed in a swim bait game. Yeah, right, right in the like <laughs> afternoon time, uh, right before we ended up wrapping it up for the day. Uh, there will be a video coming out soon on my youtube channel from that day um i'm editing it up now so stay tuned for that as well but oh dude i meant to say to you uh, yeah what's up just just while we're on the topic of monday um the way that we fish those swim baits in that section like i i fish swim baits like that in the river all spring like that's and that's the same way that uh that I fish nuds too in the spring before mm. the weeds come in. If there's turbidity in the water, like if the water's got a good stain, the size of those nuds that I was, or the size of those uh, swim baits yeah. that we were using, mm-hmm. that's what I'll use in the river and hammer, like hammer. Um, and then you can do it again in later on in uh, in June, but there's just too much moss in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I fish Ned's the same way. Because so, we've had those conversations about um, trying to, like, compare how we fish a Ned. And uh, we just haven't fished together in that, like, like using yeah. that method. Correct. So now, yeah. now, you, now you can visually understand, yeah. like, that's mm-hmm. how I fish a Ned. I fish a Ned the same way I fish a swim bait as far as angles go. But the uh, a swim bait, I'm, I'm going mid-water column yeah. or playing with different spots of the water yep. column. Whereas the Ned, i exclusively on the bottom. But you could fish a Ned like a swim bait too, man, and get crushed. So, so that's also it. funny you just said said that. So uh, I'll cover that real quick, and then yeah, I want to it. go back to how we were uh, fishing as well. But uh, so there's these, I don't know how, they're goofy. They're, it's from a company called G-Crack from Japan. And they're, they have these like sticks. They kind of look like, a wacky worm almost 
but some of them, I think it's like 2.8, 3.8, 4.8, you know, you get the picture. And they have these wide ribs on them that are probably, you know, at the widest an inch and then they taper off kind of like a tail. Okay. So I got some, uh, and whatever, a year ago or so in a giveaway. So we put one on one of the net heads and it was like a pearl kind of color. And my dad was swimming it at one point and I'm like, holy cow, that looks like a swim bait tail just like kicking. So he was fishing it and he was just dragging bottom. He was like, oh, I'm not catching anything on it. And then he starts reeling it in and it starts getting smashed. Nice. And it was just cool because it was like, <coughs> it, it on the bottom, it's like, it's just always moving. Yeah. No matter what, like versus like the Z-Man ones, if you're using those guys, they're like pretty stationary. They're not going to have a lot of like extra action. So, like, you you and I are always talking about, like, especially in the river, when you're ripping through current, it's like, they have a split second, yep. and, like, if there's extra action, you know, like, it might just entice them a bit, but uh, that exactly, like, when he was doing that is what made me think of when we were out on, uh, on Erie fishing, uh, the swim baits, it was like, you cast it out there okay you're counting it down you said all right tick a rock and then reel up a bit right boom so you're in the strike zone and i wasn't understanding it at first i definitely will say because of the angles of how we were doing it but i got it i got it figured out kind of and then after you caught your first fish i i was paying attention to how you were fishing a bit more and i'm like okay now i'm now i'm getting it and it was it was a cool thing to just see like yeah, once you got you, it, you yeah, because it just was swinging in front of their face, and it made complete sense. It was just yeah. Like, so that, all right. that's that, that's where I've, that's the thing that I the point that I've been trying to drive home, or I was trying to drive home to that day that it's really tough to drive home unless you can actually physically see it. But as a fly angler, you're always like when when I when I was really and still I'm into fly fishing, but when I was really into fly fishing, where it was like dominated my thoughts. When it came to streamer presentation, the optimal presentation of a streamer is perpendicular to the current, right? Like you want a full profile of your fly to be seen by the fish, right? Like that's what you, yeah. you, you want the fish to see yep. the full side of it. All the materials just breathing in the current, like, and it looks like a big piece of meat that a fish can eat. Like that's your optimal presentation. And especially in a big lumbering river where there's not a bunch of braided and, and complicated currents, that's not a hard thing to do. Yeah. Especially with fly line. You just bomb it out there real far directly from the side of the boat or from shore, and then current grabs your fly line, and it just swings down. It's called swinging flies, right? Yep. Uh, it's a lot of people do it for steelhead, et cetera, Atlantic salmon, whatever. You could do it for anything, right? Mm-hmm. So then I just started using that same angle approach to fishing swim baits and yeah nets. and i'm i'm liking that that's yeah don't, the only risk of it is um like what you said was like a, a key observation is, is like count it down and then find bottom and now just picture in your head get a foot off the bottom yeah and then get your head to the point where you can visualize now i'm two feet off the bottom but that's hard to do. Like, mm-hmm. like you, it, that takes a lot of practice. But when you get it, dude, I'm telling you, you can hang in the strike zone so much longer. You know, like with the bowing to the current, like really slowing yeah. you down, especially if you pick the right weights. 
um, you could just hover, you know, and, and like present a lot of, it's the same principle as float fishing. Yeah, except exactly. You're, except you're swinging baits underneath, yeah. you know, so it's, uh, that's why I do it. Like it, it, it but it takes a lot of skill. But I'm telling my my other point to you mm-hmm. is back to the the thing that you said um, about fish and fast current and it fish have split seconds to the side. That's why I think, and I've 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 mentioned this a lot. Once you get over like the mile to a mile, like like over a mile and a half range, mm-hmm. really like one point two, one point three. Once you get into that zone. Bass definitely sit in current that fast all over the Niagara. But when they are in that current, I can tell you right now that it doesn't matter if it's live bait or an artificial because of that time factor. It's an entire, it's entirely visual and they just want something with the right profile that they can smash. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I just, that white and gray swim bait, it, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't look like anything that they're eating right now. It's just a larger, it's just a larger thing that they can see that'll hover right in front mm-hmm. of their face. And they just come out and blast it, yeah. you know, and they're, uh, so you could drag live bait through there and I, I, which I've done lots of times and you'll catch fish, but you're also going to pick up a bunch of weeds and, uh, if you have somebody that can actually fish and keep it up off the mm-hmm. bottom and just suspend above those weeds or outside of them, you'll hammer, you know, it's, and it's such a good time, dude. Cause you could just peel apart huge drifts doing that. Like there's big chunks of this water right in front of this. I bet you, you could fish that approach with. Oh and yeah. You, uh, you might, pe- you might catch a couple monsters. You're probably not going to catch a ton of fish, but mm-hmm. What you'll catch will be big. Like, uh, everything that we caught in that zone, that were not dinks. Oh, yeah, they, they were, you know? yeah. Um, and if you put in enough work there, you know, that's that's how it'll be. So. Yeah, I mean, that day we started off, what? Or, did you catch one early in the day? I don't think so. Yeah, so a, I, a drum. Oh, oh that, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I caught yeah. the smallmouth early on uh, that 3 8 ounce Ned that we were working with. Uh, and, and that fish was beyond pinned. Uh, it took me like a minute to get it out of his lower lip. Yeah. He, uh, he took it and twisted and ran with it. Uh, and you caught the drum on it, on the net as well, that three eighths ounce one. And then we turned around and I threaded the swim bait on that same, same head, launched it out there. It was like, I, I could have brought those heads and then two packs of baits with me when I went out that day and we were like set. It was, uh, super awesome. And like, that's part of the other thing. I I do enjoy going and fishing from other people's boats because I have to really assess and think about like, what is the bare minimum that I know I need and that I can catch fish with, you know? Yeah. And, uh, that was like what it was that day. And it was uh, a super cool experience and we caught fish and it, even watching you fish the swim bait, like I said, I was picking things up. I was like, I never really thought to fish the swim bait in this. Like, as, simp- as silly as that might Not sound, even but a, it's you, like... You know what's even more fun? Blade baits. Yeah, oh, you, I can you imagine. Fish, you fish a blade bait like that, too. Yeah, because it was like, it's like almost working it like a jerk bait, too. Yeah. It was like when I was watching, and like, if you look at the, when you watch the video, you'll see, I was jerking the swim bait, like a, a jerk bait, and every time, that's when the bites came. So, so here's, super cool. here's something like, to think about, dude. Like, yeah, for sure. So, that, 
presentation, no matter where you go on the planet, no matter where you go on the planet, that presentation uh, will work on any river. Yep. No matter what, it works on every every river. You, I mean, you want to change the baits, mm-hmm. right? You don't like you, if you go down to Guyana and do that, which we do. Um, you do not want to be using soft plastics. Like it's got to be something mm-hmm. something hard or metallic, because there's just way too many strong tooth treaders down there. But no matter where you go, if you use that principle, where you just kind of edge back off the current and really slow yourself down and get swings going. <clears throat> You get in feeding lanes, and that's where you're going to catch yeah. fish, man. <clears throat> it's And it's a lot of fun, dude. The hits are ferocious, and the fights are ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. the, they can just pin themselves in the current, and yeah. it, uh, it's wild. Yeah, and it's funny. Like earlier, you said, and I was thinking the same thing while we were out doing it. It's like, it felt like I was on a steelhead stream. Like, it yeah. felt so normal and natural. It was like, okay. I'm like, I'm, it was just a really eye-opening. It was a great experience, Uh boosted my confidence a lot for the tournament that we had yesterday which i believe that's actually the only other day i got out on the water so i didn't finish as much as i thought but regardless uh so my dad and i had our i think this was the third tournament of the year with western new york bass masters on the upper niagara and didn't have a lot going into it as Ryan and I talked about kind of prior, and I might have mentioned on the podcast last time, haven't been catching a lot of big ones, but I had some areas that I had had the most confidence in for the for the bigger quality. So we went out, followed our plan almost to a T, and we had a decent bag early in the morning. I think it was around 11. Uh, we had about... 14 or 15 pounds around then and we made a run went and tried another spot we're only able to call up a literal one ounce so uh hey it's weight so we took it and then checked a few spots on the way back nothing that was going to help us nothing that was going to help us and then we're looking at like probably almost one o'clock at this point pleasure boaters galore on the river and the spot that we wanted to go to there was floating grass everywhere it was like one out of every 10 15 casts you'd get your you'd get back clean we still did catch a few more fish with that but regardless they were none that were going to help us uh and then on the second drift at that spot we were going to our plan was to finish up the day there. I go to start the motor to start the drift over, and it wouldn't turn over. Hmm. So, boat issues again. Uh, so, we, we called the tournament committee, got it all figured out, uh, got a game plan going, and we ended up, we were able to trolling motor and drift. drift. <laughs> we, we were like the swim bait. We had to drift down and across in the current there. Uh, and thankfully there was a, there was a launch that we could get to and our buddy, uh, my buddies, Justin and Chris, thankfully came, picked me up. Uh, I came back to Isleview and 
got the trailer, went and picked up. Uh, then we went out, dumped the smallmouth, got a few photos. The overall tournament, though, uh, for how everything played out, my buddies Tyler and Josh won with, I, I don't know the exact weight, it was 22-something pounds uh, anchored by a six-pound smallie. And another six-pounder was weighed in, I believe, as well. Uh, I can't remember who exactly caught it. But the top weights were all all bigger bags. There, was, uh, there would have been two or three 19-pound bags. The one guy's boat, Ken, uh, also broke down. And that was another disaster. So he couldn't weigh in, and he would have been, I, I believe, at 19-something pounds. Uh, and then good weights throughout. So overall, the size is definitely going up again in the river. Uh, the, the amount of fish being caught of quality is going up as the water temps are dropping. Uh, as Ryan and I were talking about uh, before we started recording, in the last two weeks I've been going out and I've been noticing it's been dropping like steadily a degree almost every trip we've been out. Uh which I'm only getting out there like twice a week, but regardless, you know, four four degrees or so in the last last few weeks here. So it's starting to happen. Uh, the forecast is going to be getting cooler at night, it's seeming, as well. We've gotten some rain, so... You know, there's only cooler. a couple of days next week where the highs are going to be in the 70s. There's going to be a lot of 50, you know, like low 50-degree nights and mid-60-degree yeah. days, which is... Uh, Super sweet. It's supposed to rain again tomorrow. Like it rained a little bit today. Yep. It's supposed to rain again tomorrow, big time. Like I just canceled my my trip. Just mm. it would have been a fishable day, but they have me booked for two other days next week. So it's like, why? Yeah. You know, like why why endure that? Like I, you know, I, I'm I'm good with it. They're they've locked me up for a few days, so I'm yeah. I'm happy. I, I'm not. I don't need to grind through misery. But you know, the schedule's packed, so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm you know I'll take days off when yeah. I can get them. Um, but other than that, like the rest of the week looks good. In fact, it's like a couple of days there's Easts and North winds, I think Thursday and Friday, which sucks cause they're, you just won't be moving out there. But mm -hmm. I think with the, with the temperatures dropping, I think that's less important. I think, uh, I think it's fish are starting to get keyed up. I mean, I noticed the same same thing as you. I mean, the the similar trends and you know endured. Like, if I had current, if I had wind, and was moving, you know, like like for example, so I yeah I fished with you on Monday. None of one of my longtime clients and friends on Tuesday, um, and when we got out, we uh, we had a good northeast wind pushing. And we got in this one area, and we just fired. I mean, we we completely hammered. We went out on zone. Tuesday, actually. Then it was Wednesday yeah, that yeah. I had them out. Yeah, yeah, because Monday was Labor Day. That's yeah, right. and yeah. and I fished. So I did fish that day as well uh, with my dad on the river practicing. But yeah. continue, yeah. Yeah. So that that two, that Wednesday, when I got out with clients, um, when we got in an area where we were where we were wind exposed. We did some reconnaissance for casting area for some walleyes. Um, that didn't work out. And the wind was, wasn't right anyway for us to fish that area. We were getting knocked around a lot in there. 
we went offshore and started just getting into rollers we got to this one zone and and totally pounded and the the not a lot of big fish but the ones that we got were all real clean like real clean there was nothing nothing wrong with them at all no no jacked up faces they were all just beautiful beautiful fish like those consistent threes with the fours to mix and like those are a really cool year class of fish because they they just pull super hard you know they 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 can dig and dance and do all kinds of cool stuff like the fives and sixes don't get me wrong man i love those you know oh yeah I, i love them but their fight's different like you can mistake them for drum you know, like every once in a you know, fives and sixes will jump. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. They will from, from time to time. They'll definitely jump, jump. But like a lot of times you're fighting one and you're asking like, this is kind of like a drum, man. But then it'll peel out and you're like, well, that's not drum like what the hell. Mm-hmm. And then, you you know, it gets you questioning. But those the, those three to four pounders, you, you can totally tell the difference between a three and four pound bass versus a drum. Oh, yeah. But anyway, uh, then I fished again Friday, did some reconnaissance out on Lake Ontario and uh, the lower Niagara. It didn't work out so well. I mean, we learned, but um, we were going to we were trying to get some fall kings like monsters, but um, I had one trigger and we caught a lake trout. That was it. We only spent two hours doing it. It was kind of stale out there from what I understand. Everybody, all the other guys that were in that zone, like they, they really ground out a day for three or four fish mm. out there. So um, then the lower tried for walleyes, but not really great timing for them, you know, like fishing late morning. But I think we dropped a couple. But there were a lot of lot of weeds in the river, man. Like it was just mm. a prohibitive amount of weeds. Yeah flowing downstream um and then saturday yesterday fished erie and that was like the first magical fall like day that uh of the season like we just totally annihilated out there and caught a ton of fish um some pretty solid sized ones i think we got one fish over five um and lots of like you know lots and lots of threes and like the occasional four mixed in so like the size is getting up there numbers are getting getting there like but yesterday we had a good steady wind the whole day and then when it died which is like really towards the end of the morning um i just went into current and we kind of caught fish towards the end too it was a little more drummy and today we had wind in the morning and we caught fish like crazy, like right off the bat, bang, bang, bang. And, and, and weirdly, it was mostly drum. And then uh, I left that whole area once the wind died off and got into current again. And then we start, started catching almost strictly bass. Um, I think I had, the one fish was a five, it was a slightly over five. And then a, a couple of fours and lots of threes in that zone. And then we called it, and it started raining. So I, I second your notion of things are getting fall-like, bro. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, I mean, <clears throat> fall solstice is only a couple weeks away. Yeah. So not even. I mean, what ten days away from today? Yeah. Yeah. 
So, and you know, like I said, with the like, like you mentioned too, water temperatures have dropped three degrees in the past week. Um, this rain and tomorrow's rain will help drop it some more, you know, and then all these cold nights are just going to push it down even more. So like we're, we're getting to be in that pattern. Yeah. Like last year, this time last year, um, was also the first time that I got like multiple fives in a day. Um, okay. So and la- but last year the water temperature was four degrees cooler than it is right now. I don't and that that's just a, just a yeah something to throw out there because mm-hmm. you know what I like what I used to do when we used to get big runs of kings in the lower Niagara I would make a note every year I would start fishing for them on September seventh and uh, this is only for three years that I did this but I I would my first try was always September seventh. One year I caught one on September 7th. And then the following year, the first one I caught was on the 14th. Um, and then then it started dropping off. I think it was like at the beginning of October. And then the bites just started sucking. And I, I, I quit going down there for the fall run. But um, I, I, my point is I, I like to make a mental note of like a significant event. Mm-hmm. Like if multiple biggies get caught in a day... Yeah. Then it's like, right, the size is up now, and the, these these larger fish are starting to to get more and more concentrated, and um, I'm starting to see it. You know, water cools off a little bit more, and days get a little bit shorter. You know that that it's 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 exciting. Yeah, you know, a lot of good I'm things pumped. to come. Yeah, yep, I'm PBs pumped. to be caught yep. very soon. So. Uh, all right. Was that the yeah. wrap for the week then? Yeah. Man. All right. Um, also, real quick, I did want to mention this. Uh, next weekend, I have another tournament. Um, fishing with my buddy Alex Malik, the who was on the podcast earlier. Uh, I can't remember what episode, but if you guys go back, you would be able to find that one. Great episode with him. Uh, he and I are doing the tournament together next weekend on Canisius Lake. Uh, it's it's actually on Sunday, but I'll be back in time for. For us to record as well um so you guys will have an update then but i'm gonna be hopefully getting out there uh, as long as weather holds uh two days to practice before the event which i'm excited for because i haven't been there in a while and uh i was looking at the maps and everything kind of getting a getting a game plan set up so i'm uh, eager to go test that out and uh, we'll have hopefully a, a lot of good fish fishing to talk about uh next week as well for yeah. that but so that brings us to our topic for this week. And I thought of this this morning, and it's a uh, suiting for, you know, fall being around the corner. Uh, so getting ready for the fall, what steps will we be taking as it gets colder to prepare for the styles of fishing that we might be adapting towards, the weather, and boat maintenance? So... Ryan, I'm going to let you start on this because you keep your boat out year-round. So you have a lot of good knowledge to impart on this end. So if you want to take that away. Um, Well, for the the physical preparation for the fall, um, the one thing that I definitely do is uh, pack on more weight. Like I I like to... So on, on, on average in the summertime, I run about 165 pounds 
Some days will get a little bit lighter than that, you know, but not much. And uh, in the in the fall and winter time, I like to push above 170. I just okay. like to carry a little bit extra fat on me. Just, to, you know, when you're running, like when I'm me at 165 is super lean, man. Like there's no, yeah. there's no body fat. So it's not, um, you can't, it, it's tough to control your temperature like you, mm-hmm. you get your heat loss happens pretty quick yeah so um in the winter time i don't like that happening so i like to to pack on a little bit more weight so that's part of the fall too like i'll i'll just eat more stuff mm-hmm. usually more cookies or uh <laughs> or more like uh oatmeal or um you know yeah cookies or oatmeal pretty much those two <laughs> things is what i'll eat a lot of um you know and just eat great ton- tons. tons of steak tons of red meat um, and just try to pack on that extra weight. That's the, like the seasonal thing. And, I, and you know, dude, I, I, uh, the reason why I do that is cause it, like I said, it, it, it's just better control of body weight and it's mm-hmm. not a coincidence. Like our ancestors used to do that. Like mm-hmm. before, um, like, like no, especially nomadic tribes, people like they followed game and especially be, be, before the time of year that food was going to become scarce you pack on weight man mm-hmm. you know a lot of animals are doing that right now too you know like uh deer are definitely doing it oh yeah they've been out a lot so there's you know squirrels are out collecting yep. like crazy yep. you know so things are just trying to pack on weight the fish are doing the same thing right and i just try i just follow the same pattern it's like look it's helpful to carry an extra five or six in the mm-hmm. winter time just to to keep me a little bit warmer and have yeah. that extra energy pack attached to the to the body there. Um, as far as like the gear in the boat, the only thing that's going to change is uh, my trolling rods will come out completely in the probably sometime in the next two weeks. I mean, I could probably take them out now, mm-hmm. but in the next uh, two weeks or so, my lower Niagara like bottom balancing rigs are going to come out um you know so my bait casters and my my seven threes um mediums for bottom balancing the lower um I also use those in in big waves out on Erie for bass um so those rods will come out the trolling rods will go away but the terminal tackle tackle is not going to change you know I mean, clothing is, you know, I'm just wearing different layers, but that, you know, that's uh, definitely this time of year, um, rain is real, like you're probably going to fish in the rain. So just like in the spring, so you got to be kitted out for it, uh, you know, like solid, good Gore-Tex, spend the money on it. And uh, I'll stay, I'll stay in flops for as long as I can. But um, yeah, starting to wear the the Gore-Tex and pants and long sleeves now more cotton hoodies mm-hmm. um and as far as my technique my tactics you know back in the day in the fall like <clears throat> i used to spend a big chunk of september and almost all of october focused on fish and kings in the lower you know and we don't get big runs anymore such that i don't even bother going down there to do it um, I will probably with friends, I might, maybe we'll, I'll take you one of the days cause yeah, I have a handful of days to. in October open, but you go down there and you throw crankbaits all day long and you're probably going to connect to 
<clears throat> if you spend a full day grinding, you're going to get a king on a crankbait, you know, but it used to be where you'd get consistent bites. Mm-hmm. Like it was stupid. Um, but anyway, that's why I used to do it. And then when the runs started dropping off, I converted to bass fishing and I sold my clients. Cause you know, these are guys, cause I'd be booked every single day, man, every single day from like September 15th to late October for Kings. And if the King run died off early, usually the Lakers, the Lakers were in by then. Mm, so it was a solid yeah. backup, you know, but now I had to take a lot of those guys who loved coming up here in the fall and convince them that smallmouth bass fishing in the fall is better than that. Mm-hmm. Or at least as good as that, you know, and that's a tough thing because the scenery yeah. in the lower is gorgeous. The fish that you're connecting to are monstrous. Yeah. The fight's super hard. I mean, there's, there's just so much novelty to that, that it's a tough thing to compete with. Um, so all that being said, in the fall, I pretty much exclusively hunt for monsters um, when it comes to bass. And I, so I will just use big baits. Um, and I use, I'll buy juvenile white suckers from the bait shops, but baits that you would usually use to fish for pike. Um, I would buy those really big ones. Um, and just up the hooks, you know, maybe at the, you know, fish like number six hooks on the, on that bait. And, uh, sometimes, sometimes fours, it just depends on how big the bait is. Um, but I'm going, I'm fishing big stuff, like the stuff the size of my hand. And because, and the, because the fish that are going to eat that, the only fish that can eat that are fives and sixes. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'd be surprised how many you can catch in a day um, if you just do that. So that's what I do. Like, I, I, I essentially I try to to get that group of clients compelled. Um, that's what I do. We just use big stuff. We're going to hunt monsters. The numbers don't have to be stupid high because mm-hmm. the numbers were never stupid high, you know, when you were fishing for kings. Mm-hmm. And then... <clears throat> a lot of people started seeing the size of those bass and wanting to to do it. So I just keep doing it. And honestly, dude, I love it. I, I freaking love it. I love it. Like, I love October and November bass. I really love bass fishing from October until the end of December um, more than any other fishing that I do, period. I, I just... It's it's awesome. There there is a definite like that like I don't even know nostalgia. There's something about that fall smallmouth fishing. It's like meant to be. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, it's amazing. And it's, just and it's the, the time for it. And you know? what's what's so interesting to me about it is, uh, like you know, when you when you've been fishing for them all summer long, like I have, you know, like you rarely see big ones. You know, like you'll you'll catch the occasional five, you know, here and there, but you rarely catch big ones. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, come around September, you start getting big ones and it's like, Oh, all right. And then you, st- and, and you're, you're so like this, this, this is what I, I've seen. Also you'll, you'll get like a couple of fives, you know, a handful of fours and then a bunch of threes. But that'll be the weight distribution. And then once you get into October, those fish have grown. Mm-hmm. 
So now you're getting like a couple of sixes and then even more fives and a bunch of fours and less threes. And then November, it's like you can get a lot of sixes by a lot, like five in a day, sixes. And like lots of fives that, oh. and like solid numbers of fours. And then and then by December, that's where I think like the real giants, like if you're going to get a, a, another eight plus out of Erie, the best time to, to make that happen would be in, in December. Like those fish, I just think are as big as they can possibly get in December. They're just plump. <laughs> They're fucking plump, and you know what's crazy, dude, is that I need to experience when you're that uh, when you're man, when you're like... fighting them, and uh, they come out of that water in December, like they're warm, you know, yeah. like they're 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 toasty to okay. hold on to. Um, it's interesting, but yeah, I, so I, I love it, man. But I also like the Lower Niagara, mm-hmm. but you know, so so to your question, like I'm prepared to do both at the same yeah. time, like a, on any given day. Just you know, put the bottom bouncing rods right. now and you're good. So I, I, and, and uh, the way I have my boat kitted out is all of my bottom bouncing rigs, they're already set up in rod socks with weights and bead rigs, you nice. know, preset. They're sitting in the rod vault like that. And then I just have my on-deck rods set up for, for dragon bait. And then once you hit December 1st for bass fishing, I just go to big swim baits. You know, and, and uh, you know, like four, you know, three and a half, four, that's not big. Like three and a half, four inch swim baits. But drop shots are awesome too. Mm-hmm. Blade baits are awesome. You could just hammer on blade baits all day long. Bang. Like all day. The bigger fish will eat the swim baits on average. But, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I just get super excited even thinking about it. You know, so I, but I keep the boat kitted out with that, you know. For the near term, when most people think of the fall, they don't think of, like, late November and December. Mm-hmm. Around here, they're thinking that's wintertime. Yeah. Like, people already think, are calling it fall now, you know, and it's not officially fall yet. Um, I consider, you know, fall the entire, from the 21st of September to the 21st yeah. of December. Yeah. And uh, as you get through that, the fish just keep getting bigger. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to fish bait for as long as I can. And then I'm just going to start feeding those big fish, bigger baits. So to, to call them in, you know, that'll be the approach. And then I'm always kitted out the, the, the October and, uh, November lower river game. There's nothing technical about it at all. All you need is chartreuse beads, you know, 10 to 15 pound fluorocarbon, and a 10 mil, yeah, 10 mil chartreuse bead and a, you know, you could use a number eight or a number 10 hook. That's all you need. You know, 15, 10, 15 pound fluorocarbon. You could do it with eight pound fluorocarbon. Just dial your drag back. I mean, it'll, it'll suck when there's a lot of, when there's a lot of, uh, when there's a lot of boats around you and you can't stop a lake trout or put a lot of pressure on it and it starts swimming through people's lines and stuff like that's not cool. I mean, Lake trout aren't leader shy, so I, I would just encourage people to go heavy on yeah. those fish, and so you can Land more of them. Yeah, you, you just keep, get them out of the way, and um, you know, enjoy the fight. Put put the screws to it. They're they're an awesome fish to fight when you really lean on them. If you just let them go, though, they're not. Um, 
But anyway, that's it, man. I'm not I'm not doing much. Physically, mentally, you know, making sure I sleep when the sun goes down or not too far after that. And uh, eat more food. Still training with the same type of stuff, like same same techniques. And, uh, you know, dressing a little bit warmer and then just using bigger, like bringing dinner to the table. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing dinner to the table. What about you, man? All right. Well, uh... That was a lot of good good stuff there. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, I also, kind of speaking back on that, I am putting weight on as well. Um, ben and Jerry's is uh, nice. real happy with, with us at the moment. So uh, I, I'm doing that. My training has started to increase a bit more just because I haven't been on the water as much. And with yeah. boat issues happening, it's like, uh, when I have to work, it's hard. I can't really go anywhere except like locally. And I don't want to be on the Niagara river when I have to be to work and the boat breakdown. So, you know, right. um, and I've been working on other stuff, a lot of lure stuff happening, but, uh, the days it's getting darker out earlier already, as you said. So I'm dedicating time to, to other things. I'm getting up at the same time, but I can't fish when, it, you know, I'm up at that time. So, right. uh, cause it's been darker. So I'm taking time, uh, getting stuff done that I need to do rods, reels. I'm starting to go through them. They've been getting used and abused all summer long. Uh, especially my large mouth stuff that is, uh, caked up with grass and such. That's a great uh, point. Yeah, get, do, yeah. Take the summer reels, get them, get them worked on yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Clean them yeah. up. Uh, I have a reel at, with Chris right now as well, getting worked on. Uh, but regardless, trying to put new line on, checking it. Uh, I was looking through a few of the spinning reels after the tournament and I'm like, all right, these definitely, these need some new, these need some more braid on them. They'll, they'll work in uh, some shallow water, but if we're out on Erie this fall, that we're, we're going to be in hmm. some trouble here. So, uh, doing all of that, I'm looking into like upgrading certain stuff with, within our tackle and lim- eliminating stuff still as always. But, uh, I'm at a point where it's, I have Canisius, which I'm hoping to catch some nice big largemouth coming up. But as much as I know the largemouth fishing gets amazing in the fall, as does the smallmouth fishing, it is extremely hard for me to leave the Ontario, the lower upper in Erie in the fall. Yeah. Uh, It's harder, obviously. Like, we have way more limited days on Erie and Ontario due to weather in our boat and especially with the motor issues. But, um, that's usually what it's, what it will be starting to go towards. Um, and then as it gets past November is usually early November, November lately is when we've been putting the boat away. Um, which we're going to try and extend it this year and see uh, as long as the motor gets fixed because obviously I'm not messing around with that in the winter or anything. Um, past that, I will go out, but usually on other people's boats. Um, so I'm going back to limiting the tackle again of what I'm bringing, going out with people. Um, and it's easier in the winter time as well, or, or not, sorry, not winter, the, the late fall, excuse me, um, because there isn't much that you need, like you said, like it's super down and dirty basic for those 
for that time of year, uh, which you keep it down dirty, basic all the yeah. time throughout the year. But um, for me, it's like a, a, I'm extremely comfortable with very few things that time. Uh, and then, sorry, I'm going to pull up the last part of the question. The boat maintenance well, you, part. Well, you brought up something that I wanted to, to ask you. The, yeah, for sure. The... Uh... You mentioned getting your reels worked on, and I, I, I completely spaced on mentioning that. Like, so I, I trade, or I, uh, so I have a set of reels that I use for fishing the lower Niagara, okay? Set of rod, rod reel combos I, mm-hmm. that I fish the lower Niagara with for the trout, right? So basically, it's a rod that I use down there for trout fishing from November until april right yeah, those rods after april come out and i give them to chris usually right away and uh i get all the braid taken off of it have him pm those reels do like a little bit of maintenance on them and uh because i won't need them again Mm, um, okay. For till the, the following season, so every every year I change braid. Every year I get those reels worked on. This year I kept them a little bit longer because uh, I wanted to have backups for that uh, Cabela's event that we hosted here, oh, yeah, uh, yep. Worldwide Trophy Adventures. So I wanted to have uh, backup rods for that. Gotcha. Um, and then just ended up keeping them over the summer too long. So I just gave them to Chris like about a month and a half ago I and mean, i just haven't picked them up from them yet but yeah you're I, that's every, before every so once i get into december all my spinning reels they're going straight to chris and he'll he'll work on those and get all those re-spooled um and my trolling reels get those totally worked on uh so they're ready for for me by the springtime yeah you know so that that's something that I'm starting to adopt and uh, getting into the program as well because you got to take care of it and I'm using it a lot more and it's worth yeah. it. Uh, oh yeah, as for the uh, what I was gonna touch on real quick, as for the clothing aspect for me and everything as well, it's like yeah, the rain gear is becoming essential um, and I'm going to have to invest in some new rain gear here soon as I was talking about with Ryan. Uh, Thankfully, I've still got a little bit of time here, but yeah, it's just you're everyone. It's gonna you're gonna have to start dressing warmer here soon. Um, but it's like I'm willing to take the colder weather for the way better fishing, and usually less people. Usually, you know, to a certain degree, for my aspect of fishing, obviously yeah. when you're fishing the lower and like in yeah, but it's, that, it's less less recreational yeah, boaters. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, and then fishing wise, so like I said, with the largemouth, smallmouth being being torn there, um, it's like at a split second decision if if okay we wanted to go fish Erie in the Niagara, but it's just like looking like like un, non favorable conditions. There's a lot of inland lakes that we can go go to and tuck away, and you're out of the out of the elements for the most part. And if it is raining, at least it's not two foot waves plus it's you know decently a decent chop and you're pretty protected in the mountains and a lot of those areas too so uh 
But and, I, and, and, and in all those, you can catch most of those, if not all of them, you can catch smallmouth too. So, yeah, but continue. Yeah. yeah, what's up? No, but the clothing front that you're talking about. Like, yeah. That's like, this is, I, I've, I've mentioned this now on a few of my fishing reports, and then I'm pretty sure we've talked about this recently too. I know I've mentioned it that you fish in the summertime, you got nice weather, but you got marginal fishing. As far as size, mm-hmm. numbers, this is like Erie bass fishing that I'm talking about. Um, but you got stable weather. You go out in the fall, you're going to encounter some shit weather. Some really hostile stuff, hands that Mother Nature will deal. But if you fish through them, you're going to hammer. Like, you're going you're gonna to have an amazing yeah. time. You're going to catch a ton of fish. So my whole perspective is don't let the weather keep you off. Now, I'm not sponsored by anybody. I have a pro deal with Sims. I have a pro deal with Sitka. I, for, if I need something that's bomber, that's going to protect me from the elements, like if I'm, if I'm going out on a day where it's in the 50s or 40s and raining and windy, I'm going to wear Sitka every single time. Like they're Hudson, uh, bib in their coat that's just totally bulletproof man i've been out there in some really harsh conditions and just not even felt it wearing those things but the, the I'm, you know take that for what it is i used to wear sim stuff uh their g4 gore-tex or whatever their highest end gore-tex is um and it were it would work for a little while but it's not all that insulated and it would basically after a couple washes it was toast um, i would get one season out of it basically um, so how, how do you work that with your clients then? Uh, or we got about 10 minutes yeah, left. We got right I, I, enc- but- I encourage my clients to, to buy that kind of gear. It's like, look, man, for an, for an investment, I mean, you don't have to buy that. If you're only going to be out for a day, mm-hmm. buy some frog tog stuff yeah, and yeah, just yeah. layer up underneath it and, and rock it out. If you're only going to be out for a day, mm-hmm. but I also give my clients the option to bail. It's like my clients for tomorrow. You know, I, I um, if it's going to be cold and windy and rainy, I'll just say to them, look, I'll fish through anything as long as it's safe. I'm, I got the gear for mm-hmm. it. And, but the, the, the reason why I brought this all back up is yeah, because yeah. I'm acclimatized to it. Like mm-hmm. I'm spending the majority of my time yeah. out in it. Yeah. You know, and what you don't, what most people don't realize mm-hmm. is if you're spending the majority of your time inside in some sort of cl- climate controlled type of environment where you're comfortable, um, you're going to experience the elements far worse than, yeah. than I will. You know, it's just because my skin, you know, like when you do this for a living, your skin just starts building up a resistance to the wind and the cold. Uh, and, and the rain and, and the pain that that might cause because you just you're building up callus to it mm-hmm. over time but if you just go out in it you know so I would encourage people like leading up to these seasons to spend as much time outside as possible like enjoy that transition get yourself climatized but if you don't do that and it's super cold and windy and rainy I'm going to call you and say look this is the conditions mm-hmm. I will fish through it, but this is how it's probably going to feel to you. 
I'm going to do my best to keep you protected and warm, but, you know, what do you want to do? Otherwise, like, I'm giving you an out, and I'll let people bail, and some people, sometimes people go, and more times than not, though, people will say, no, let's reschedule. So, I'm just not into putting people through, uh, like, a a miserable Mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. Now, if they, if somebody wants to go out and, um prove to themselves that they can have an like so for example i had this oh, these great couple of dudes last year like it was pretty close to around now last year um they were coming up from kentucky and uh both of them were um, one of them was was had been an angler for a while the other guy was was new to it but was really getting into it and uh they were going to be flying up from Kentucky. So I was sensitive to that. So about five days out, the forecast was looking pretty, you know, iffy. And he's like, look, man, I know I can get reimbursed for these tickets. So don't worry about it. Like we can make the call two days out. Mm -hmm. So we got two days out. There's going to be some pretty big wind. Uh, but I could tuck it, you know, and the guy gets seasick. So the the, Erie was out. Um, and that the amount of waves, water was kind of stirred. The river was, you know, marginal in, in color. So I'm like, look, man, let me put it to you like this. If you come here, it'll be, I can make it, I can make an adventure out of it. Like I can hop to multiple fisheries. We could start in Ontario, get outside of Olcott, cast crankbaits for Kings, uh, like at the mouth of 18 mile there, and then take the boat out, fish the lower Niagara for a little bit. Uh, second day, we could fish the upper Niagara for a little while in these certain areas where I know we'll catch fish. Then we could push out to the lake and, you know, we'll have adventures, but the weather is going to be tough. It's going to be super hostile, but I can make it work for you guys if you don't want to bail on it. Because they were just two bros hanging out. They don't get much vacation mm-hmm. time together. And they chose here to do their vacation and the weather was going to be shit for them. Yeah. So I painted this whole picture out and I gave them the opportunity to bail. They ended up coming through and they didn't hammer, but... Dudes caught kings on crankbaits. They uh, caught a bunch of bass in the upper, and uh, caught some some a handful in the lower Niagara. And then we went out to Lake Erie, and the dude was like brave in four footers. The guy who gets seasick, and we were pounding drum, no bass, because <laughs> we were just fishing by roundhouse. Yeah. But we were just hammering drum, and they That's were all awesome. big, and uh, like the average like six seven pounder, wow. and. Uh, it was awesome. Those guys were like, oh, this is amazing. And th- they left liking it. So I just like say that transparency is my main thing. Like yeah. be transparent about what the ex, you know, about or call it expectation management. Like yeah. I just keep, I just paint a, a real picture about what to expect because I've, I've fished through it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do it, I'm down. You know, if you don't want to do it, I get it. Yeah. You know. Because to me, it just doesn't make any sense to make somebody endure something. The likelihood yeah. of them wanting to return yeah, is slim well. to nil. Yeah. And I don't want just to take people's money and piece them out. Yeah. Like, I want to make sure that they're stoked about the experience. And they want to come back and do it mm-hmm. again and again. Because um, that's, I just like, I like to fish with people that I like to fish with. Yeah. And if I can keep getting the same people back, I can make them better anglers over time. That's why, sure. that's why I like fishing with kids, you know, because you can just see a whole development unfold mm-hmm. here, and uh, it's a great time of year to do it, you know, when you have really consistent action. 
Yeah, and lastly, and I, I can even speak to that, like, that day that I took those high school, uh, like, freshman high school anglers out on the river fishing, it was, like, in the beginning of the day, like, they were struggling in certain areas, like, casting effectively and, like, the retrieve speed and everything, and then by, like, mid, after they caught, like, their first few fish, I was like, okay, well, they're catching them, but it's not, like, and then they started dialing it in throughout the day, and it's like, okay, you're getting it, and it was a, it was a very cool thing to see as well, yeah, but, all right, guys, uh, we're pushing the time limits here, so we're going to wrap things up. Uh, we'll finish off the conversation another day. Um, stay tuned. I uh, got another episode coming at you next week. There's going to be a YouTube video for uh, Ryan's excursion with, or uh, our excursion on Erie. So stay tuned and uh, tight lines. See you.